Welcome to another insightful episode of Grandma Says, and here's Grandma. Okay, continuing our series on how to have a happy home, dealing with foundations. This is going to be a little bit different because I'm not necessarily talking about your kids. In this episode, we are going to address your ex or the baby daddy, baby mommy, sperm donor, egg contributor, however you want to look at it. The other party that was involved in the creation of this wonderful offspring. For this episode, you might need a favorite drink or or something. As we tackle a few issues that you probably don't want to think about, but hey, goes with the territory. (laughs) So this episode of Grandma Says, we are talking about co-parenting and helping to establish foundations when the parents are not in the same house. And so to that end, I want to start by saying that this is a lot easier when the children are younger. Usually, if the children are still babies or toddlers, then that means it wasn't that long ago that you two were getting along fairly well, (laughs) which is why you have a baby or a toddler. If there's no chance of you guys reconciling, and to be fair, usually if you guys have separated already, that's not really a option. So I would not suggest anyone spend their time trying to make that an option. Ultimately, what you would really want to do is, and when I say reconciliation, if the other party is really trying to mend fences and you're thinking about it, okay, then the rest of this still applies, but it would apply on a slightly different level. But I'm coming from this, from the idea that for the most part, if you guys have reached a point where you need to separate and you're living in different houses, chances are you're not really going to reconcile. That's, that's the reality of it. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, that's pretty much how that usually goes. Co-parenting basically means that you and somebody else has some level of control over whatever child it is you're talking about. In most cases, if you have one child, then even though things aren't necessarily going to be different, as in having one versus having four, obviously there's going to be some differences. But when dealing with multiple co-parents, for instance, let's say you have four kids and three of them have different parents, then establishing that foundation will be harder because you're talking about multiple people. The more people that you add the more difficult it is to establish the foundation because everyone has to establish the role that they play in this child's life. How much authority has that person been given? Almost every kid knows if you're hanging out with grandma, you can get more toys than when you're hanging out with dad. It's just a given. (laughs) And the kids know that and they behave accordingly. So when you want to make sure that whatever's going on outside of your home does not have a massive impact on what's going on inside of your home, then you want to try to establish that level of foundation with whatever party is involved that can cause unnecessary discord in your home from outside of your home. Okay, so to clear up all that that I just said, because I'm sure that did not come off as simple as I intended for it to sound. (laughs) Let's go back to dealing with the person you had the child with. The first thing to note is that you cannot change the other person. You can't force them. You cannot make an adult do anything. You can suggest. You can ask. 
you could implore. But ultimately, any other adult in your life can do whatever they want to do. If the relationship is recent and the other party is trying to use the children as leverage in order to get back into your life, you have to make sure that you are in the right mindset when you have to talk to or address this other person so that you can keep your focus on the kids and what you want to discuss and not let it veer off into, yes, darling, you remember that wonderful vacation we talked to the Bahamas last year? Because it's real easy to do. And when the other person is in the mindset of, I can win her back, if that's his mindset, then it doesn't matter how much you try to meet to discuss kids. He's going to find a way to bring it back to, by the way, can we get that hotel room over there? (laughs) We have one more kid. The first thing that you want to do is make sure that you are in the proper mindset before beginning anything I'm getting ready to suggest. You need to understand how important it is to you to have the household that you want. Is it important enough for you to make this particular effort and put in this amount of work to make sure that every day is the best possible day you can have. And for the most part, the things that I'm talking about, it will take work. But if you do the work the right way from the very beginning, then you have long-term results. It's not like you have to get up every day and say, today I must build trust with my children. That's not necessary. After you've built trust with your children, unless you do something really outlandish, the trust is pretty much there. And for the most part, that means that your children are already on board with, we're all in this together. So whatever mommy's trying to accomplish or whatever daddy's trying to accomplish, I'm all for it because I trust them. When the foundation is right and it's strong, everything is easier. It's it's no longer a fight to do anything because that's what happens when you have strong foundations. When you say it's dinner time, everybody's at the table, hands washed, clothes on, ready to eat dinner. It doesn't turn into the family circus of everyone screaming and running in circles and acting crazy because the foundation has been laid and everyone knows what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it because you have made sure those three key components are part of your kid's life. Even though we're just focusing on one at the moment, when you put all three of them together, trust and believe you will have a very nice family life in comparison to what family life would look like without putting these things in place. Once you know that you're in the right mindset, the main thing that's important when dealing with an ex or a co-parent is that you want to take time to meet with this person when the children are not present and when preferably the other party doesn't have other people present. You guys can go to lunch or something. So you're in a public place in case you're dealing with somebody who was potentially abusive from before and so forth. Make sure that you have a full reality check. You need to know you're going there to talk to him or her about the kids and that's it, not about anything else. You want to cover all of the important basics when you have this discussion. And you're not going there to tell them, well, this is what we're going to do. And what I say goes and the kids are with me or blah, blah, blah. That's not why you're there. Basically, you want to get the other party's opinion and insight and you want to hear their truth about different things pertaining to how they feel about things that will affect how you're going to raise the kids. I'm going to run through a list of things that you want to make sure that you ask in a kind of a, how do you feel about this? What do you think about that? You get their opinion. You don't even have to share your opinion at this point. Just get an idea of where they stand. Here are the key things you need to find out. How do they feel or what do they think about school? 
in terms of should the children go to private, public, boarding school? Do they like school at all? What district? Is that any of that important to them? Do they not care? Health, vaccinations. Right now, the vaccine thing is a huge issue. You need to know what the other party thinks about it. Again, it's not for you to get into an argument, but you really do need to know. Not to veer off too far, but there have been recent situations where people have been killing their children to avoid the vaccine. So you need to know what kind of sports or activities they think they want their child involved in or not involved in in particular. It used to be every guy wanted a football team. Now some of them are like, no, nah, brain damage, no more football. How often would they be allowed to visit family and relatives out of the state? How much travel do they agree to? Are they okay with the children going overseas? What kind of religion do you guys believe in in general? I'm not saying get in an argument about it. Just ask. What forms of discipline would they use in their home so that you're prepared if your kid comes back with bruises, you know where they came from? So it's stuff like that that you need to ask and make sure that you can agree with what they're saying. And if there's anything you don't agree with, I'm not saying start an argument about it. Make a mental note so that you can find a middle ground if possible, but at another time, like at a later date. I would not say try to cover all this in a full on 45 minute discussion or anything. You just want to get some insight as to what they think. An example would be asking the co-parent, how are you disciplined as a kid? Do you believe in corporal punishment? Did you guys use timeout, et cetera? And just leaving it at that. Make a mental note or jot it down if you're taking notes or record it on your phone or whatever. So that later on, you'll be aware of what not to mention. Because even though, let's say the other party is an atheist and they don't believe in anything that has to do with religion, that's their choice. So then <laughs> is it smart to take pictures of the kids at a Christmas party and then send them a copy? Probably not. It would probably make more sense to take a picture of them in the park and send a picture and that be their copy. That will help to reduce the conflict that comes in when you have no idea what they believe about certain things. When you don't know what somebody believes, then you can't realistically stay in a place where the two of you are going to stay on the same page. And so you have the regular fighting that's going to occur anyway. Now you have additional fighting on top of that. As an example, a true story, my ex and I didn't agree on a lot, but we did have these conversations and establish the foundation. And we found that there was a lot of things that we had in common and okay with and some things we didn't. And so we agreed on how we were going to handle all this. But you have to understand, he, <laughs> my ex was way older than me, so he was willing to have these conversations. I think had we been at the same age, it might not have gone over as well, <laughs> but nonetheless. But there were certain things that we firmly agreed on, as in, we did not believe in behavior or mind-altering medications like Ritalin. We knew that was going to be an issue because in this area, every other male child is put on Ritalin. I'm starting to think there's some kind of a Ritalin factory or something that has a, I don't know, contract with every school. <laughs> but every other male child out here is on it. And it seems to be the suggestion as soon as kids start school. Even if they don't get in trouble, it's just, hey, it's a boy, put him on Ritalin. Now, because both of us were 100% against it, it didn't turn into police getting involved or social service or what do you call it, social workers or any of that, because the two of us had already said, under no circumstances will our children be on any kind of mind altering or behavior modification drugs at all. I say children, it's actually a child that we share. 
just that one simple thing saved us both a lot of headache because had I been on the side of, well, if they need it, then maybe we should give it to them. And he was saying, no, absolutely not. We would have had to go to court and deal with the schools and deal with the hospitals and get referrals and then argue over who's going to pay for it. And then how many years are they going to take it? And what happens if there's a side effect? So you can see how something that small can turn into a gigantic balloon of, oh my God. But since we'd already agreed at the beginning, it never became an issue. There's a lot of things that you can stave off from the beginning just by having this conversation. If you know that the other party is 100% against vaccinations and you know that you are in favor of vaccinations or whatever it may be, then you know not to call and discuss vaccinations with him or her. Discuss it with your doctor instead, because whoever has the higher level of custody is the one who's going to be in charge of what vaccines a kid gets anyway. The kid takes the vaccine or whatever when they're not going to go see their parent in a few days, the other parent then neither party ever knows. I mean, unless there's a side effect from it. There's a lot of things you can discuss and save the headache. And then if it's something that you could tell they are 100% extremely adamant about, then just don't do it. (laughs) But you know that they are so beside themselves with certain things, then use your own judgment. But for the most part, try to meet the person halfway. I mean, they did help make the kid. So the least you can do is honor part of what they're saying, combine it with what you're saying, because chances are it's not that big of a difference in what you two believe. And if there's a point where you need to discuss further, because let's say you guys agreed we weren't going to spank the kids. Well, now you have MacGyver, who's now seven years old and He's decided that he's going to rewire the house. And (laughs) no matter how many times you told him to stop, he keeps doing it. Corporal punishment may be suddenly an option, but talk to the other parent about it and see if you guys can find common ground. But that would be later. Right now, I'm talking about establishing that foundation. So try to establish it early on and then modify as you go if you have to. And understand the more you two can agree on, the less likely you guys are going to have to involve agencies like cities and police and courts and all that sort of thing. Because whether you realize it or not, we all live in a police state. And so we don't have the options long time ago, like Little House on the Prairie days. If you didn't want your kids to go to school, they didn't have to. Now you can't say you're not sending your kids to school or you're not taking them to the doctor or you're not going to provide dental care or anything else because it's governed by the states that we live in. Because of that, don't want to get into a fight with the other parent and then have to also fight the state. That can be expensive and stressful and unnecessary when you could solve the whole thing just by communicating from the very beginning. That's pretty much, I'm not going to argue the whole police state thing right now. We'll talk about that in another podcast. (laughs) But for the time being, Yes, try to, if you haven't done it already, take the ex out to lunch and see if you can have a calm conversation just about the kids and see what insight you can get. And that will save you both a lot of headache and help to establish a foundation. So the kids are this, they expect the same thing at either house. If this is what we agreed to, then it should be the same at both houses. That's not guaranteed that that's what's going to happen, but it should at least seem that way in most cases. (laughs) Okay, well, that's all I have to say about that. And I will see you in the next podcast.
has been a Bost production. Thank you.